We help customers find properties to purchase. We help customers sell properties and we help customers buy properties. So our main use cases are the pre-purchase and pre-sale as well as the actual purchase and sale transaction. And then we have affiliate businesses that are related to relocation and title and other ancillary tasks that are associated to the process. So we essentially cover the full gambit. We've chosen to leverage MongoDB as one of our main data store platforms for most of our new builds and modernization efforts. Hello everyone, I am Damien Eng, Senior Vice President of Technology in Anywhere Real Estate. Hi, I'm Brian Hanks, Chief Engineer at Anywhere Real Estate. Welcome to the MongoDB Podcast. Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lin, and this is the MongoDB Podcast. Thanks for listening. Today, we're diving into the world of real estate. We're going to take a look at the transformative journey of Anywhere Real Estate, a global leader in real estate services. Our guest today, Damian Ng, Senior Vice President of Technology, and Brian Hanks, Chief Engineer at Anywhere. Their portfolio of customers spans renowned names. You'll probably recognize Century 21, Sotheby's International. They operate in over 110 countries with a vast network of agents. In today's episode, we're going to explore the intricate challenges and digital initiatives that Anywhere Real Estate undertook to revolutionize the real estate experience. From developing scalable platforms that cater to diverse stakeholder needs to embracing MongoDB's flexible, schemaless design, for modernizing their data infrastructure. Damien and Brian shed light on how MongoDB plays a pivotal role in their ecosystem. Stay tuned. Damien and Brian, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Damien, maybe you can start and help folks understand who is Anywhere Real Estate? Sure. Anywhere Real Estate is the leader of integrated real estate services. Our brand includes Bear Homes and Garden, Tenchi Trial One, Coel Banker, Cochrane, Yahweh, and not to mention Sotheby International Realty. Operate over 110 countries, as well as supporting 190,000 agents in the US, as well as over 140,000 agents internationally. We also have a mortgage title and relocation services. So we, we really is a integrated end-to-end real estate services organization. Those are some recognizable names. That's a great portfolio. Can you talk a little bit about the pain points that these customers were facing that led them to choose your platform? Uh, so I think if we look at customers, a really interesting question. We have many types of stakeholders within our ecosystem. Obviously, we have uh, a lot of time helping our agents to be successful, but also our franchisees, but also have our buyers and sellers. So a lot of the complexity um, in our environment is how to build uh, platforms that can serve all stakeholders within the ecosystem. What also makes it interesting is that a lot of our technology platform is built to serve multi-brand. So underneath the cover, they're really the same technology platform, but you have different brand presences, which also means that our platform needs to be able to address the need of different brand. And then of course, we have a much larger agent base, which also lead to a lot of our capability need to be able to scale as well. And Brian, maybe tell us a little bit about the digital initiatives projects that Anywhere undertakes. Sure. We currently are in the process of building completely new user experiences across the board, whether it comes to finding a property that you're looking for or um, you know, going through a transaction. We're in the process of revamping how real estate works and creating new digital experiences to make the customer's experience significantly better. 
And I'm like, correct in assuming that there are many people that are interacting with those names that you mentioned, Damien. A Cold War Banker, for example, these are massive real estate sites. That's all anywhere real estate behind the scenes? That's correct. That's all powered by anywhere real estate technology platform. Fantastic. That will make it really exciting because uh, folks interact with our brand, but what they really want to is to interact with the brand and the agents, but then the technology become like something that they almost take it for granted. But we also want to make sure that, yes, it is flexible. We have cutting edge user experience and more importantly, it's scale and stable. And we're talking about listing properties. What's the main use case that Anywhere Real Estate is offering your customers? We help customers find properties to purchase. We help customers sell properties and we help customers buy properties. So our main use cases are the, you know, sort of pre-purchase and pre-sale as well as the actual purchase and sale transaction. And then we have affiliate businesses that are related to relocation and title and other ancillary tasks that are associated to the process. So we essentially cover the full gambit. And I'm sure there's many technologies at, at play in the Anywhere real estate portfolio, MongoDB being one of them. Do you want to talk a little bit about how MongoDB plays a role? Sure. We've chosen to leverage MongoDB as one of our main data store platforms for most of our new builds and modernization efforts. A uh, couple of things that Mongo provides is it provides the ability of being schemaless. So it's very flexible for us. Uh, the Atlas deployment platform makes it really simple from an operational perspective to both initially deploy as well as scale the Mongo DB Atlas um, instance over time as the application grows and changes. So it's really been a great platform for us. Additionally, it's something that's developer friendly because document DBs storing documents in essentially a JSON format, that's what developers are used to. And that's what the user experience languages that they're leveraging to build those front end applications. It's what they expect. Yeah. And just thinking about real estate and search, for example, well, MongoDB's document model appears to be well suited to this use case. Every property, every listing is going to have a different set of attributes associated with it. How are you leveraging the, the document model as a part of your applications? Yeah, the document model, that was definitely something that was interesting for us when we first started, because a lot of developers have a little bit of a hangover from the RDBMS world. So understanding how to model the collections appropriately, to model the documents in the collections appropriately, it was a bit of a challenge at first, but we're now leveraging MongoDB to not only store our primary documents, but also because of the Atlas platform, it allows us to easily extend that capability and have a Lucene search engine on top of it. And Atlas handles automatically syncing the data between the two, and it allows us to have a much more rich and complete search experience that provides a great user experience because it, it returns documents much more quickly. Has this enabled or continued to enable a microservices architecture at Anywhere Real Estate? We are definitely using MongoDB as the data store for most of our new microservices. And the microservices architecture is a pivotal part of our transformational journey. We're developing what we're calling business capabilities. And these business capabilities are essentially microservices with encapsulated business logic that allow us to simplify our environment as we begin to understand what the key pieces of our business model are and to 
incorporate all of that business logic in a single location. At what stage of deployment with MongoDB are you today? Were you using a, a different search platform in the past before using Atlas Search? Oh, absolutely. So uh, we actually have been using MongoDB as a data repo. However, we follow a different pattern, integrating multiple technologies together to actually try to build a search. That's why Brian, myself, and others begin to look for other options because we look at it as being a more complicated solution, more things to integrate with and more points for failure. So when Atlas Search was introduced to us, at first we we're actually skeptical because it's fairly new, but then we actually do some pilot POC and test out the result is fantastic. So that's when we pivot to the Atlas Search platform. So, but it definitely is mm. a journey because we didn't start with that. We start with where most companies will handle, we use search on top of MongoDB, which is build multiple layers on top of it to optimize the performance and the outcome. What are some of the upcoming plans or projects that you have with MongoDB, Brian? We're going to continue working on many of the business capabilities that I discussed. We're expanding our usage of search significantly as we onboard a greater volume of listings and additional brands uh, within our portfolio. And we're investigating some of the newer features that have come out with MongoDB Atlas. Uh, the vector DB is one of the things that is very interesting to me at this point. And I'm looking at some different ideas around how we might be able to leverage that to further improve our user experience. Vector search is one of those things. It's so powerful. It gives you the capabilities of generative AI and machine learning and just enables your developers to do that. How many developers does Anywhere Real Estate have today? We have across all of our different areas, we have about 600. Wow. Yeah, okay. but I'll also add that part of us building a technology organization is to help train them as well as help that we invent a lot of them to be fluent in modern technology and MongoDB being one of them. So it's also a lot easier for us to have a more versatile engineering team. So what we used to do is we used to follow very much a kind of like multi-tier architecture of specialists. So by embedding Mongo, we actually make it easier for like a not necessarily a full stack team, but more versatile team where the same team member can deal with both uh, building an app as well as creating documents. It helps us a lot on the flexibility of our staffing model as well. And it also attracts a lot more engineers into our organization. Having a, a modern set of tools to work with is certainly something that can attract uh, really great talent. Speaking of, of that, are, are you hiring developers today? We are absolutely wow. hiring engineers. We seem to constantly be hiring. If you know anybody, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if you're listening to this and you're interested in working for a, a forward-facing uh, modern development shop, we'll include a link in the show notes. Make sure you check those. We'll have a link to the Anywhere Real Estate uh, career listing site. Uh, so having gone through this transformation, are there any best practices you want to share with folks that might be looking at a similar project? Absolutely. I think there are a significant number of things that I would outline as best practices or even going a bit beyond best practices, I would say there are a lot of things that you should validate and become comfortable with before you go down the road of building your first MongoDB app and putting it into production. A couple of things. Number one is make sure you understand your data and make sure that you have a 
group of individuals that are building the document models that understand that it is okay to duplicate data in the document DB world. And that you more importantly, understand your access patterns, your document model, and specifically the relationships between elements of your document model uh, can be greatly influenced by the access patterns that you need to support. And by understanding those access patterns in advance and building that document model and the relationships to align to that, you will save yourself a lot of headache. Some other best practices, don't do anything manually in the console. You know, get yourself into a place where you're codifying every single thing from infrastructure config to your document models, to your indexes, to your data migrations as the DB changes over time. Um, so I'll add a few of them is that one, we actually discovered that you can't directly transition someone that no relational system into Mongo directly without helping them understand what the document DB structure and why we do that for. At the early stage, Brian and I see a lot of not so pretty documents in a Mongo's ecosystem. And we end up spending quite a bit of time cleaning them up. What we also lead to is that we want one or two kind of almost success stories end-to-end before scaling. Because the moment we say everybody build your own MongoDB document, they all look at the relational database, they'll build something kind of funky. So I think that's uh, one lesson we learn and end up doing some cleanup. I think the other part is avoid this being a pure data exercise. So I think a lot of um, lesson we also learned is that there's almost a knee-jerk reaction you almost treat a MongoDB document as a direct reflection of, of the database. So our APIs end up to be a almost a data dump API instead of creating like almost a move directly from Python to JSON. So instead of looking at it as something that will create business, business value, business capability. I think the third part is less to do with Mongo, but more best practices overall on microservices is how can we keep a lot of existing, existing system working meanwhile, evolving the microservices architecture? Because the last thing we want to do is we build like 50 services with no one to use. So we continuously need to make sure that the existing system get reconnected because a lot of times what happened is that we have one, let's say, entity called agent. We extract the agent out into a microservice. However, or the existing system with a bunch of table joints that depend on agents still need to work. So what end up we need to do is that we're going to sync back the agent data, so we only replica into the existing system for that to keep functioning. Meanwhile, we continue to do modernization because if we don't do that, we either build a lot of islands with no way to use, or we end up doing a read-only system, almost like a cache replica, which is something that we don't want to do now. Obviously, the trade-off is that the moment we do that, we actually add complexity and timeline back because a Mongo document is now one-to-one to a relational database table, which also leads to is that you end up have things like it's not a one, it's end up to be like a many-to-one or one-to-many. At times, you need to wait for one thing to update before it update backs everything. So it adds up to be some complexity. But uh, one thing we did avoid is what we call a two-way sync. We end up only do a one-way sync because the more I do a two-way thing, it adds to the complexity multi-time. 
So that's one thing we did manage not to do is to do a two-way synchronization between two systems. We maintain the microservice as well as the MongoDB as the only source of truth, and then everything else become a read-only synchronization. So a few more things from our side that I think would be beneficial to the listeners as well. Great suggestions. And what I'm hearing is really spend the time in schema design, right? I wanted to ask a little bit more about the architecture. Maybe this will be for Brian. What other components in the architecture are you leveraging? What kind of languages and frameworks? Yes, we have a significant number of applications on the front end that use Angular and React. We also have some native mobile apps, and we are in the process of building some new mobile apps that are potentially going to be using, can we talk about that? Flutter. Flutter. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be using Flutter. Then on the back end, we have a collection of Golang microservices, as well as almost all of our new build is in Node.js. And there's a theme here because we've got JavaScript front to back with JavaScript in the front end, JavaScript in the API layer, and JavaScript in the data layer with MongoDB Atlas. And that allows us to more easily shift engineers around because they're essentially using the same, the same language, regardless of what type of work they're doing. We're also using Node.js as a lot of our automation scripting. So again, move it, move engineers around and have a single language that they can, they can use to accomplish multiple things. Obviously the schema is going to change over time. Are you leveraging uh, some type of object document model? Absolutely. So we do leverage Mongoose heavily. And one of the, one of the things I mentioned earlier was make sure that you codify everything. Mongoose makes that really easy because as you define your models in Mongoose, if you do, um, I think it's index auto sync on, then you, you will also automatically update your models in your indexes. So every time you deploy your code across your environments, you're keeping your database in sync automatically just from your application code without having to write any specific scripts for it. So that's pretty cool. I love that. Um, that's really smart. And then the other thing too, you know, the schemaless design, as the application evolves, which it always does, certainly when you're first developing it, your your data models are going to change, and that's okay with the schemaless design. I can add attributes to the document model, and it's no big deal. Just the new documents will have them; the old ones won't. And if you do absolutely have to um, fill in the holes in your data, you can write what are called data migrations, which again, it's another piece of code that's specific to MongoDB. It is uh, run as you do your deployment, and it will automatically change your data as you do your deployment. Very smart. We find some of this a lot more significant as we move towards the international space because uh, that, like, there is a fairly consistent definition of real estate within the United States. However, we do operate in a lot more countries. So what we discover is that like the Asia or the European definition of a real estate like, is very different. And not only the metadata is different, we have multiple definition of like a stone, for example, right? Uh, and also the way uh, real estate get exposed internationally is very different than domestically. So uh, that also lead to um, in the old schema, which be relational, we just explode the amount of columns. And in, in a MongoDB document ecosystem, it is a lot more streamlined, a lot more flexible. Uh, so when we first look at that, why do we need to handle all these uh, special scenarios? Because international is very different, uh, which is something quite unique to us as well. And, so, and also the, the... Uh, the very flexible sharding model that MongoDB Atlas supports is pretty interesting because 
when you get into uh, certain foreign countries, you have very strict requirements around data that is originated in that country must reside in that country. And we can actually support that out of the box with MongoDB Atlas sharding, where we can say any transactions that are from whatever, make it up, pick your country in Europe, it gets stored in that country. So that's pretty interesting that you can do that with just a few clicks and don't have to go through a significant infrastructure overhead as well as custom coding. Yeah. So a global zoned deployment, that's a great feature to use. So I'm curious about the the metrics and and how you're measuring success. What are some of the KPIs that you leveraged to to measure success with your deployment? A couple of things that we worked on were, or a couple of things that we looked at were comparing to the previous system, right? So we had a previous system that we replaced when we put this in, into place. And we've found that our performance is give or take 50 to sometimes 100% faster than what it used to be. The volume of listings has increased by about 30%, I believe. Uh, we have about 50% more traffic on the site now than we did on the previous site. And the other thing that we found interesting was that we saw that our, our mix of, of mobile traffic has gone up by 10%, whether that's a function of time or the new application, I'm not sure. But Are you leveraging Atlas Device Sync for your mobile implementations? We are not using that yet. Okay. What else are you planning on the roadmap, Brian? So we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have several other business capabilities that are being deployed. Uh, we have extensions to the applications today, the, the end user search applications. A lot of extensions there. We're onboarding a couple of additional brands. And then we have uh, several strategic internal initiatives where we're leveraging MongoDB as well. Our journey, I think Brian highlighted two of the key journeys. That one is we are modernizing and simplifying our current ecosystem into a lot of microservices. So we're just beginning on that journey. That means that uh, in 2024, we'll continue to add on to it. That means that we need to continue to leverage Mongo as the repo to uh, for the microservices as we can do modernize. Second is that we're going to use those services as a foundation for multiple of experiences, which is agents, uh, consumer and brokers. So each of these experiences will be built on top of the same platform. That's where we're going to start stretching the power of the search because we're going to have the same search in all of our brand side than to, let's say, some of our experience that our agents is going to have. I kind of see that as very strategic in terms of how much we use a common platform to fulfill uh, multiple type of digital experiences. And we want that to be as flexible as possible as well. What it also means is that as we expand to more brands, some of the unique of uniqueness of the brand, we also get baked into the search criteria, making that search more, I would not say personalized, but more unique, more tailor-made to the brand and their unique offering as well. So we're going to push the search in the multiple direction, which is something very, very excited to do. I want to thank you both for joining me today. And again, I appreciate you sharing the details of your deployment and some of the successes. Uh, it's been a great discussion. Thank you. Thank you very Happy much. Happy to be here. Thanks so much to Damien and to Brian for joining us today. And thanks to you, the listeners. If you enjoyed this conversation, please consider giving a comment, a rating on your favorite podcast network. And be sure to check the show notes for links to more information about the Anywhere Realty platform. 
Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.